Hello everyone and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about content marketing and how you can create your strategy because without strategy it's hard to go ahead uh, according to many studies. Websites, webmasters choose their own strategy. That is why it's hard to get results when you have uh, such a huge competition. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Chelsea Alves. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great as well. I check out uh, your content online. You publish content on Search Engine Journal. It's my live yep. blog, you know, to get uh, new insights about SEO. Before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about uh, strategy. Yeah, totally. So um, as you mentioned, my name is Chelsea Alves. I am a senior content marketing specialist uh, for Rio SEO. And uh, then just a brief background about Rio SEO. Um, so it's an award-winning local marketing software solution um, that drives online visibility for enterprise brands. So that's brands with uh, 50 or more locations. And uh, we help engage consumers throughout the local search ecosystem and win local business at scale. So in my role specifically, um, I lead Rio SEO's content marketing strategy by planning, creating, and promoting content um, that engages our customers and prospects throughout the entire marketing and sales funnel. Um, and in turn, that helps us create brand awareness, increase our online web traffic, streamline sales activities, and you know the ultimate goal of content marketing, of course, is to grow the business. Um, nice. So I've been with Rio SEO specifically for almost three years. Um, I know you mentioned Search Engine Journal. I do have a uh, bi-monthly recurring guest blog contribution with them. Uh, so I wrote write on a lot of uh, SEO related topics for them as well. That's kind of a like a free time activity that I do. Um, <laughs> nice. So as you can tell, I, I'm a really big into writing. I've always been big into writing. Um, which kind of led me to my career path uh, in content marketing specifically. Um, so I've been doing marketing for about 12 years now, um, ever since I gra graduated college, uh, not to date myself or anything, <laughs> <laughs> but I've been specifically doing content marketing for about seven years for a variety of industries, um, mostly B2B and software focused. Um, yeah, that's, that's my background in content and content strategy. Awesome, awesome. Uh, can you tell what is the main difference between uh, Rio SEO and other agencies? What uh, kind of unique selling proposition you have? How you can satisfy your customers much better? Because I'm interested about that. I know about my agency. We have our strong positions, uh, weak sides as well. So we uh, yeah. usually pay attention to strong side. Can you tell about your strong side? Totally. Yeah. So Rio, um, we focus on local marketing. Um, for enterprise brands specifically. So um, as I mentioned earlier, that's brands that like global brands that have usually a large presence globally, um, usually in, in multiple different countries and they have locations all across the globe, uh, which makes it very difficult to manage in-house their local presence because they have so many other responsibilities. So they usually will turn to an agency like Rio SEO to help them manage those efforts um, and help them be seen at scale with accurate, up-to-date information. So for example, if you're a restaurant brand um, and someone, and say you're like a burger restaurant and someone's searching burgers near me, obviously you want your brand to show up at the top of the search results. Um, and we help people or businesses do that. And then we help also ensure all of their information is up to date. So 
say someone lands on your local listing. Um, you want to make sure your business name's up to date. You want to make sure your address is up to date. You want to make sure you have um, attributes enabled, such as like takeout or um, in-store dining or uh, curbside pickup, things like that. You want all your, your information to be accurate and up to date because you want to create a positive experience with customers from the start. So say someone lands on your listing and you have the wrong location or you have a, an outdated address and they show up and it's a, a hair salon, <laughs> they <laughs> likely aren't going to mm -hmm. want to move forward with using your business ever again. Um, and there's been a lot of studies out there that show, I think it's like 80% of people will turn to a different business if they see any outdated or inaccurate information on your listing. So kind of long-winded, but that's what Rio SEO does. We ensure that, um, business information is up to date. We help you be seen in local search. And we also help um, manage your online reputation as well. So online reputation is huge, um, especially with COVID. There's, there were so many, you know, grievances, complaints. Um, so if you're not looking at what people are saying about your business and you're just kind of letting that fall to the wayside, you're missing out on potential opportunities to, um, you know, build that relationship back with those disgruntled customers or reward positive customers or people who are leaving positive responses or reviews for your business and, and furthering that relationship and turning them into a loyal customer. Nice, nice. Yeah, you have a lot of strong sides. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Okay. It's kind of long-winded, but that's what Rio does in a long nutshell. <laughs> nice, nice. Keep winning. Okay, I have the first question. Can you tell where to start? For example, uh, for small businesses, uh, if they decided to launch a new project uh, and they have awesome uh, products, where to start? Because uh, I often see when the masters open iChref, SEMrush, many other tools, just take uh, high volume keywords, uh, but they have no authority, trust anything, you know, they just started from scratch. Where to find keywords for, for a new project? Totally. Yeah. So obviously larger businesses likely have the budget and resources to go big. Um, and what I mean by go big is they'll likely to be able to pay for sponsored posts um, on relevant industry websites, or they'll have an entire team just dedicated to press and outreach to get their content out there. Um, for small businesses, that's obviously often not the case. Um, they usually have limited resources, uh, limited budget, and you know it could be a real challenge to get your content marketing initiatives off the ground. Um, they obviously won't have as hefty of, of a marketing budget, so they'll have to likely start from the ground up. Um, but that doesn't mean it can't be done. <laughs> and everyone mm -hmm. has to start somewhere. You know, even those large organizations had to start on the ground and build their efforts up. So um, my advice for small businesses is to start with a plan, create a strategy, iterate on that strategy, and honestly, just just go for it. Um, content strategy, you know, begins with understanding your customer uh, and what they do, the different facets of their job, and the pain points they're currently experiencing, and why. And you need to understand why they're seeking your product or service. Then it's meeting your customers um, through the different stages of the marketing funnel. So uh, I'm sure most of your audience is aware, but the marketing funnel is awareness. Uh, when they first hear about your business, consideration, 
when they're um, looking at different options and deciding who's best for them. And then ultimately when they convert and or place that sale. So for example, a customer who's farther along in the marketing funnel, they're not going to want to be served with like introductory, introductory or beginner content. They'll want something more in depth or advanced. So you really need to start with understanding your audience. Then, as you mentioned, you'll want to develop a keyword strategy. Um, having a keyword strategy in place will help you determine uh, where you want to prioritize, where you need to and want to prioritize your efforts. So again, for larger organizations, uh, you may want to enlist the help of a third party organization who specializes in SEO. Um, but for smaller businesses, obviously, that's probably not going to be um, accessible uh, with, with a smaller budget. So I think for smaller businesses, when you're starting your keyword strategy, it goes back to understanding your audience and what they're searching for when they're looking for your business online. And there's many free keyword research tools out there. In fact, most keyword research tools have some variation of a free version. So you can definitely start there. And once you start building your brand and start building your budget, then you can switch to those paid versions, which obviously offer more features and um, in more, more in-depth analytics. So one of those free tools that I would recommend is Google Keyword Planner. Um, I think it's a really good place to start and it allows you to see the keywords monthly search volume and the difficulty for ranking for that keyword. Um, another tool I really like is SEMrush. Um, I think that's a great tool as well. And it, it kind of does the same thing as Google um, Keyword Planner. So I, I think it's important, um, you know, when you're thinking about keyword strategy for marketers to remember that um, just because a keyword has a high search volume and that's likely as a small business what you're going to think you'll want to target, it doesn't mean it's the best keyword to target. In fact, those keywords are going to be most likely difficult to rank for. Um, so a piece of advice I have for small businesses and, and something we even do with our enterprise brands at Rio SEO and our own SEO strategists suggests is starting with long tail keywords. Um, and long tail keywords are more usually more than three words. So an example of a long tail keyword, um, it's going to be kind of random, but say long stem artificial cherry blossom um, rather than just using the word cherry blossom. So cherry blossom is likely going to be very highly competitive. Um, but when customers are searching with more specific uh, terms such as, you know, artificial long stem, artificial cherry blossom, they likely already know what they're looking for. And that can increase your potential for conversions, which is why it's beneficial to consider those keywords um, in your strategy. Um, and then once you have your keyword strategy nailed down and you start prioritizing the keywords you want to target, um, then it's time to start producing content. Um, and, and considering, you know, what you want to start with first, I would recommend um, blog posts probably to start. Um, those usually can have high impact for a low amount of effort. Um, once you grow your efforts, I think you will want to start to look at higher effort, but higher impact pieces such as research studies, eBooks, white papers, um, anything that's going to provide even more value to your audience. 
And um, I would just tackle one subject at a time, ensuring that, you know, every piece of content you create is relevant and useful to your audience and not producing content just for the sake of producing content. Um, yeah, valuable. I agree with that a hundred percent, especially when you mentioned that about long tail keywords, for example, mm -hmm. uh, I often see when uh, companies are looking for keywords that uh, irrelevant, uh, they think they are relevant. For example, weight loss supplements uh, is irrelevant with uh, weight loss because uh, you will compete with Wikipedia, many other websites, totally. health. Yeah, and you can't sell with these keywords. I remember most shares study about uh, that long tail keywords uh, provide 80% of all sales. So, and uh, a few days ago, I found a tweet where uh, uh, yeah, that was study about uh, getting 12,000 uh, uh, people per month uh, uh, with uh, keywords that have zero volume without any volume. <laughs> so yeah, and uh, they took all these keywords from sales department, uh, Reddit, Quora, and other places, ignoring keyword research tools because all, all competitors can use keyword research tools. But if you spend more time, you know, to find all these keywords manually, you can find awesome keyword ideas that have zero volume, but it doesn't mean that they have no traffic. They have a lot of traffic, enough traffic. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, I agree. Stuff. Okay. Can you tell about creating content? For example, if we have uh, uh, our content strategy, how to choose priorities between them? Uh, and uh, uh, for example, uh, why I'm asking about that, I often have the issue with webmasters that, uh, you know, uh, have resources. Uh, but they have no time and experience to create content. They usually reply to me, uh, we need to compete. We need to develop, innovate our products uh, because our competitors can overcome us in one day. And uh, we have no experience to create content. Uh, Ten years ago, I had a team of copywriters who wrote about anything. You know, that worked well. Uh, Google ran all our websites, but today it doesn't. I have a team of editors who can edit the content from experts. Can you tell how to fight responsible copywriters or authors or uh, writers who can create awesome and high quality content? Yeah, I think it's honestly finding writers that, well, number one, if you, if you have it, which small businesses might not have, I think it's um, obviously using internal resources would be best because they're going to understand your brand. They're going to understand your products. They're going to understand your services. But if you're unable to um, have a team of writers in house, I think it's um, having a dedicated person to content um hopefully you have the resources for that and even if they can't produce every piece of content they can find freelance writers who number one are are hopefully in your industry if not then writers who you know write well so um it's it could be you know going to a service such as upwork um angellist.co is a great resource as well um, there's a lot of talented writers out there and they may not necessarily know about your industry, but if they can write well and you see, um, their portfolio of previous work, um, I think it's really important to look at previous work. Number one, um, see what they've written before, have them give you three unique pieces of content, um, maybe three pieces they're really proud of, or three different types of pieces that they've written for different industries 
to see um, how they write for different industries. Were they able to pick up the subject and the knowledge needed to make a relevant and meaningful content piece? Um, and if they were, then they'll likely be able to do that for you as well. Or you could also connect those writers with thought leaders in your company who may not have the bandwidth to necessarily write a piece of content, or maybe they don't have, you know, they might be stronger in, in other um, areas of their professional life than writing, but they're able to give writers um, an in-depth interview or even like a 30, 15, 30 minute interview, um, educating them, and then they can translate what they hear in that interview into a blog post. So I think it's finding the right writers, um, trying to educate them, and then using those same writers. So maybe you develop a long-term relationship with that writer. Um, and over time, obviously, they'll they'll understand your product more and service more and more. And um, you can hopefully continue to lean on them for resources and and kind of build that consistent voice uh, across your, your content where it's the same writer kind of writing the same thing over and over again in the same, uh, tone of voice. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a good idea. I never thought, you know, to interview before <laughs> I given the task because I usually, uh, yeah. get the task got something different that I needed. So yeah, it's a good idea to talk before that. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about uh priorities uh for example i often see uh in content plan uh like uh a hundred uh, topics you know a hundred different <laughs> topics that are related to products okay they can cover a buying journey uh to satisfy a sales funnel anything you know but uh when uh many websites usually have some limited budget not i think almost all websites have limited budget can you tell how to choose priorities? For example, like Brandin, he can write like one time a month, uh, super high quality content. But many websites uh, are chasing uh, uh, many topics uh, without having resources with that. I think that's okay if you have resources, if you have a team, writers, designers, copywriters, content managers who can handle the process. But if you have limited resources, it's better to choose priorities from your experience, how to find them. Yeah, I think it's, uh, like I said, considering the three stages of the sales funnel. So you want to have content for each of those stages. You don't want to have mm -hmm. 50 pieces of content for people in the awareness stage, but then when they're in the consideration stage, you have no content whatsoever. So I think it's prioritizing um, content for each of those stages. And then I think, you know, the most important thing, like I said before, too, is the main priority is producing relevant and completely unique information. Um, you don't want, so think about what I want to read this piece. Um, am I learning something? If your answer is no, then why would your audience want to read that piece? Why would they want to, you know, engage with your content? I think a lot of businesses um, don't think about how will this piece of content benefit the customer. They more think of how will this piece of content benefit me and content shouldn't be about meeting a quota. Like you shouldn't be like, Oh, you must write five blog posts a week because then you might have lazy writers who are just producing content for the sake of producing content. You also might run into keyword cannibalization where you're using the, trying to target the same keyword multiple times. And then you have, your same site competing for multiple 
different pieces, multiple different pieces of content are competing for the same exact keyword. And that's a huge issue in itself. So I think it's just, you know, having a solid strategy in place before investing time writing anything. Um, producing content for the sake of producing content won't get you anywhere. You need to have goals in place, such as reaching a certain audience. Um, so your, your customers, um, or if you're promoting a, a specific software solution or service you offer, um, or if it's just building expertise around a certain topic, because at the end of the day, you want your, uh, your audience and you also want Google and other search engines to see you as a voice of authority because that builds your prominence. Um, and Google looks at whenever someone's searching for a specific term, they're going to deliver the results that are most relevant, um, the closest in proximity to the searcher, and also the most prominent uh, results. So you need to build that expertise and authority and be seen as a trusted voice in your industry. So yeah, um, hopefully yeah, that answers the question. Oh, love it, love it. Especially when you mentioned that you need to create a piece of content that can help the owner of this content. You know, for example, I remember a few clients that uh, created tools, uh, but they created tools for themselves, not for the audience. And they right. got a lot of results uh, and they use these tools themselves uh, and shared with the audience, with their customers to get much higher results so yeah why not uh, uh okay i have the question about editing can you tell from your experience do we need to edit content because uh, many content creators write uh text and without any editing for example i don't edit content for social media because i have no time i can write like a few sentences to send it that's okay but what about website content i think it's absolutely crucial to edit mm -hmm. uh content and have either a specific person that edits the content or um, editing your having a third party, uh, someone who's not hasn't seen the content at all and ha can have a fresh set of eyes on the content. Um, because like I said, you're trying to build your relevance and prominence with Google. If their bots are, are crawling your content and they're seeing spelling errors, broken sentences, typos, they're not going to view you as trustworthy and therefore they're not going to surface your content in the search results. Um, and it's, it also just provides a bad user experience in general for someone who's landed on your, say they've landed on your site and they see um, a bunch of typos. They're not going to view you as trustworthy. They're not going to view you as authoritative and they're likely going to turn elsewhere to find uh, their needs or have their needs met. They're not going to view you as a trusted resource. So I think it's so essential to have someone edit your content. Um, if you don't have a dedicated editor, then I think you do need maybe take a break, uh, focus on a different initiative and come back to that piece of content hours later or maybe even the next day. Um, so that way you've spent some time away from the content and can um, have a better chance of catching those errors or catching anything that needs to be edited. Um, another, maybe also put your, um, your content into some sort of like Google doc or Microsoft doc and do a spell check. That's an easy, you know, yeah. two second way to edit your content or see where you might've missed or overlooked um, any errors. So it, it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to necessarily have an editor. Of course, that's 
best case scenario. But if you don't just do the simple like spell checking or using a free software tool that will Grammarly is another great um, app to use to catch those spelling errors and, and easy fixes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it. I think it depends on competition uh, because, for example, if a topic is very competitive, why not? It's better to hire editors. If a low competition, yeah, just check out with Grammarly or any other tools. Yeah, simple totally. Uh, I counted. You mentioned the word trust many times, like five times <laughs> and <laughs> a few times authority. Can you tell more about EAT, expertise authority trust? Uh, because it's an indirect factor, but I think the uh, impact of phenomenal and for me, I, I don't care if direct or indirect, if it impacts to the results. Can you tell how it's important today to optimize with EAT? Yeah, EAT is, you know, a concept that's been around for a while, um, and it's it refers specifically to how you're you're going to rank in Google. So do people see you as an expert um, if you are, say, like a home improvement store and you're writing just for the sake of writing about um, baseball? you're not, no one's going to see you as an expert in baseball. They're, they're going to want to see content that relates to home improvements. So maybe like how to install French doors or um, the different types of sanders, what, what's out there. You need to write content that's relevant to your industry. It goes back to, like I said, not writing content for the sake of writing content. Then in terms of um, authority, you by producing more content over time uh, around the same subject. So again, if you're a home improvement store, building your repertoire of different home improvement related content um, is going to help you in turn become a voice of, of authority and become a trusted resource. Your content will likely start to get shared and start to get spread around the internet, whether through social channels or or other um, other blogs may see you start to see you as an expert. Um, so that's in time going to help you build your expertise, and in turn, that's going to help you build trust with customers. So people, this, all these co content takes time. It, it's not one of those initiatives, unfortunately, where in one month you're going to see great results, or people in one month are going to say. Oh, I, I know this business, this brand new startup business. It takes time. Um, unfortunately, it's not a quick endeavor, but it's such a beneficial endeavor um, once you give it time. And once you continue to, you know, iterate, analyze your results and see what's performing and what's not and how you can improve upon um, the content that's not performing and understanding why certain pieces of content are performing well. So I think it's it's just an effort, unfortunately, that's not a quick fix. Like it's not a paid endeavor where you're going to see results or or thousands of views in one day. Um, it takes time. And but once you know you start to become a trusted source on Google, you're going to reap those results and get more organic search traffic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and uh, I completely agree with you about uh, it takes time. And it's interesting when people tell me SEO takes time. Uh, but uh, you think that uh, social media doesn't take time, you know? Yeah. Other doesn't take time. Uh, totally. Podcasts, YouTube. It, uh, I remember when PewDiePie posted a uh, hundred videos to get only two hundred eighty-five subscribers. Today he has hundred and million subscribers. Mr. Beast posted content for over uh, an year and a half 
to get uh, first thousand subscribers. Right now he has more a hundred subscri- million subscribers. It takes time. Any channel, uh, I think, uh, paid marketing as well. Of course, you can pay more for these clicks, but it takes time to analyze, to test, to find your audience, to use the right data. So yeah, uh, I think uh, all marketing channels uh, take time. Yeah, uh, love totally. it. Totally. And I think it's just setting those expectations from the start too, like with your upper management who may not be as informed with marketing or marketing related initiatives, just, you know, setting that expectation that this isn't, you know, a quick turnaround um, and it's going to take time. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember when Gary Vee replied to, to this question that uh, you think that I got a million uh, followers uh, for a few days. Uh, he posted content on Twitter uh, seven years each night from 7 p.m. to 3 a.m. You know, uh, without day offs, seven years just wow. to get this audience. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he was consistent, uh, patient. Uh, and yeah, he couldn't get results for a long time. And I think all channels take time. So yeah, guys. And I remember one interesting uh, data that uh, 50% of content creators don't record the second uh, podcast episode because they can't re- get results from the first one. Wow. I don't know guys, <laughs> how you can get results from the first attempt. And, yeah, totally. uh, yeah, especially about video content. For example, uh, people can, uh, you know, I remember some uh, tips. It's better to film a hundred bad videos. Just film them. Don't care about results. Just do it. You do your job and yeah, you can see results for some time when you have this experience, knowledge, skills, uh, patience. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, Chelsea, let's talk about... Uh, uh, link building. Can you tell h- how to choose the right link building campaigns? Uh, because uh, we have many different, I don't know, like skyscraper technique, guest posting, broken link building, PR. Uh, Haro, what is your loving strategy? So I think, you know, obviously there's two different types of uh, of main types of links. So there's internal links um, and then there's mm-hmm. backlinks. Yeah. So we'll start with internal links. Internal links are, they're so important because the key people on your website rather than them potentially leaving your site and navigating elsewhere. So if you have a resource already existing on your website um, that ties in and is relevant to the content that you're drafting, definitely link internally rather than to a different source. Um, And then internal links are also important because they help Google understand your site and help rank your website better. So by giving Google links to follow along uh, with descriptive anchor text, you can indicate to Google which pages on your site as well as what um, they're about. So obviously definitely want internal links. Second, um, backlinks. So backlinks are super important as well. And I think every business should have a backlinking strategy. Obviously, backlinks are not as easy to get as internal links because they require a, a third-party site to include your um, your link on their site. So backlinks are obviously are a little harder to get, but it can be done. Um, one way you could do this is by guest blogging. So um, for example, I'm a contributor on Search Engine Journal. So if I have a relevant link to include from Rio SEO, the company I work for full-time in that piece of content, 
that's a great way for me to build a, a backlink as long as it's relevant. Obviously, you don't want to just backlink some random piece of content because that's going to create a poor user experience. You want it to be relevant to the topic you're writing about. Um, but that's one way to build a, a backlink is, is finding similar industry blogs and then, you know, pitching yourself, uh, show your portfolio of writing or work that you've done previously or other publications that you've been published on and, and present them with a, um, a piece, a content piece that you think would fit into their website. So take the time to analyze the content they've already previously created on their site um, and come to them with something that's relevant so that they have there's a, a better likelihood that they'll actually take the time to read your request and consider you as a guest post contributor um, and show that you you will provide value um, another way is uh, hosting an event so if you're hosting a an event in in a local area, you can reach out to local organizations to see if they'll promote your event or include you um, on their site since that you'll be nearby their business um, or include them in the event itself, uh, invite them to attend and maybe they'll provide you with a backlink that way. Another way um, this is usually paid is through PR. So obviously anytime you, you publish a press release, you'll get a link back to your site, which Obviously, smaller businesses, you might not have the budget to do press, um, but it's still a worthwhile tactic if you're a larger business to, you know, share press release anytime you partner with with a new organization or you have a significant product release, um, you enhance your software, you have a, a new chairman, um, a huge change in your upper management or leadership, that's a good time to share press release. Um, and that that provides you with a credible backlink. Another thing with backlinking too, speaking of credibility, is you definitely want to get backlinks from credible sites. So you don't want to get a backlink from a site that has nothing to do with your product or service. Um, we'll go back to the home improvement store example. If you get a backlink on a burger chain site, that's not going to really be a credible backlink. You want to try and find maybe a home improvement blog or a home improvement uh, influencer who shares relevant home improvement um, material on their blog or on their social media platforms. You want to find relevant um, influencers or, or other publications to get backlinks to. And you want to also, if you're building your domain authority, so you're, so you're a small business and you're new, unfortunately, Google tends to prioritize higher authority domains um, in search results, which is another reason why it takes so long to see content marketing results is because they, they do prioritize higher domain, higher authority sites. Um, but if you can build backlinks to those sites or get a backlink on one of those sites, that over time will show Google that you are an authoritative source uh, because that that's high authority site trusts you enough to put a backlink on their site. So I think it, you know, finding those sites and building those relationships. I mean, most of business honestly is, is relationship building. So you have to start somewhere, whether that's, you know, attending industry events um, and networking there or, you know, building those relationships by, you know, like you asking people to be on a podcast or asking people to be on a webinar um, is another great way to build relationships. And that allows them, they have the benefit of sharing that with their 
their network and, and their company. So it's, it's mutually beneficial. So finding mutually beneficial ways to partner with sites or with people is a good way to um, build your backlink portfolio. Nice, nice. Love your tips. Uh, yeah. And especially about uh, interlinking, for example, because uh, webmasters still ignore this channel. You own this channel. You don't need any link building if you uh, don't interlink your content. So it's the first step. And you mentioned about PR. Uh, John Mueller replied to this question that PR is very important, you know, uh, not less than important than technical optimization. And yeah, uh, and uh, uh, it's possible even to do PR uh, yourself. We have some yeah. tools just spend time to learn about them. Uh, yeah, it's possible to write such press releases, learn from examples uh, online and think how you can provide something new, interesting to write studies or share about your product. Yeah, these tools cost money, but uh, yeah, uh, it's possible. Okay, Chelsea, uh, according to your experience, 12 years, can you tell what webmasters don't need to do today? What it's better to ignore, uh, shouldn't do uh, because it's obsolete, doesn't work. And uh, yeah, any other examples? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so we talked about, about this a little bit earlier. Content marketing and marketing in general is just constantly evolving. So what worked like years ago might not work today. So I think it's honestly, you need to stay on top of it. Um, whether that's, you know, listening to industry related podcasts or reading industry related marketing materials. Um, for example, I'm in the SEO space. So I'll read publications like search engine land, search engine Roundtable, search engine journal, pretty consistently, almost daily, just to stay on top of things because things do evolve and change so rapidly. For example, in the past with content marketing or, or drafting content, um, if you were trying to focus on one specific keyword, people would inundate a piece of content and put that keyword all over the place uh, to try and rank. So the, it's called keyword stuffing, which I'm sure your audience is familiar with. Uh, that tactic doesn't work anymore. It's actually yeah. a, it, it actually makes your content far less valuable and it makes you seem spammy. Um, and people obviously hate spam. <laughs> I hate spam. So you definitely don't want to do that. Um, so I think you, it, it's just, you need to stay on top of industry trends and see, uh, and learn the different types of myths. There's so many different myths in SEO. Um, like I said, the keyword stuffing's a myth. Um, even for Google business profile, people still think that if you um, stuff a bunch of keywords in your business description, that that's going to help you rank definitely does not help you rank. The only way you can, uh, from my knowledge, that you can improve or add keywords is in your business name, which is kind of also spammy, unless your business specifically has that name or you're going to go change your name, then you can't, you can't do that. Or they think that in reviews, in your review response, if you include a bunch of keywords, that that's going to help you rank. It, it doesn't, unfortunately, help you rank at better at all. So I think it's, you know, keeping up with myths, keeping up with industry publications, learning, you know, what's new and or changing. So for example, with Google, once again, since they're the main search engine, <laughs> I keep pointing back to them, but I think they have like 90% search dominance right now. So that's why I focus a lot of attention and, and a lot of my time learning about Google. But they had a recent uh, page experience update in the summer of uh, 2021. So now 
they're really focused on user experience and providing the optimal user experience, uh, which means, you know, having a mobile friendly site, which hopefully every site has by now, um, making sure you have a fast page load speed time, um, making sure you don't have annoying, uh, intrusive ads that pop up all on the page. Um, but you know, as a marketer, you have to, to keep all of this in mind, whether you're a content marketer, um, a digital marketer, an email marketer, social media marketer, you need to keep up with the trends, um, and, and continue to educate yourself and grow yourself professionally to ensure your, um, poised for success. Nice. Nice. Love all your tips. Yeah. So valuable. Uh, I have the last question. Yeah. Uh, let's imagine you started from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills, forget about 12 years of your experience. Just tell what will you do to learn more about SEO today? Um, I think it goes back to, uh, what I was previously talking about. Just, just taking the time, like e even if it, you don't have the time in your work, work day, then maybe carving out half an hour or an hour, um, after your work day, just listening to industry related podcasts, finding, you know, relevant industry related publications, um, following influencers on LinkedIn that are relevant in your space, listening to webinars that are, you know, tied to, to what you're studying or what you're trying to learn more of. Um, if you have the resources and the means to maybe even attending conferences in person or virtually, just, I think you have to continue to evolve and grow yourself professionally. So if you're, you're taking on a whole new field, you're starting as a content marketer, you've never done it before. You don't even have the, the education because let's be honest in college, most people don't study what they end up doing in their career. So you have to start somewhere. Um, or even interning, honestly, like if you're just getting started, um, starting off with an internship, I feel like that's so gr valuable and helps you grow or finding a mentor too. Uh, there's so many people out there who, you know, I have a friend who's a, um, a manager for, for, uh, oh my gosh, I'm trying to think of the brand Ulta and people, mm -hmm. people want to break into that space, especially young women. They want to learn about makeup and they reach out to her all the time for uh, on LinkedIn for mentorship opportunities, um, and advice for how to grow their careers. And she's happy to jump on, you know, 20, 30 minute calls with these girls and, and just give them advice as long as they come prepared with questions to ask. Um, she's, she'll help them. So I think it's, you know, just you have to educate yourself, whether that's through um, your re reading things, reaching out to people, uh, or reaching out to people for help. Nice, nice, love it. Uh, Chelsea, tell uh, the best way how to reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Yeah, so the best way to so definitely follow uh, rioseo.com. Um, and our blog specifically, because most of the content I publish there um, is written either by me or one of my great writers. Um, and on Search Engine Journal as well, I contribute there bi-monthly. Um, and if you'd like to follow me on LinkedIn, uh, I believe my name's just Chelsea, C-H-E-L-S-E-A, Alves, A-L-V-E-S on there. So definitely give me a follow. Um, always happy to give any advice, connect network. I love meeting new people, um, and mentorship as well. would be happy to help, um, you know, content marketers just starting out, uh, with any questions or advice they have for progressing further in their career. 
Nice, nice. Okay, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. Welcome back anytime to share more value with our audience because I love it. Guys, you need to follow Chelsea on LinkedIn. You need to uh, read the blog uh, Rio SEO because you can see a lot of valuable insight. Okay, guys, love you. See you.